is Carrie from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Aerialist Podcast. Say hi, Bean. Hi, Hi, listeners. Hi, Hi listeners. Yeah, she's playing with her toys. Hey, guys, thanks so much for being with me today. I hope you guys are doing well out there, just sending love out on the airwaves. I know not everyone in the world right now is at home happy, so... Thank you for being with me. Today we have Katie Soul. She's actually a student of mine. She's a TV producer here in LA. Been taking aerial class for a really long time and went through quite a journey having her daughter Elle and now coming back to her practice. Let's get started. Get started. Let's get started. See it? To check one to do. Check, check. Oh, I love it. Okay, so for my listeners, this is Katie Soul. As she said, she's a TV producer. She's been a aerialist. She's she's been an aerialist as long as I have, I think. Yeah, it's been a really long time. I think I took like when Hollywood Aerial Arts down in Inglewood was one of the very one of the only schools. It was basically them and then I think Cirque School opened a few years later. Yeah, I started taking down there and it was really intimidating. <laughs> Because they were all amazing. I was in class with like Sarah and Meredith and I'd never even touched a fabric. So I was like, whoop, okay. Yeah. And so Katie, Katie at some point started taking class from me and now she currently still takes class from me. Um, so Katie's been through a really interesting, wonderful ride when it comes to having her daughter Elle and her body and her aerial practice, all of it together, because also as a TV producer, when she's put on a project, it's like really intense. It's like zero to a hundred. And then you have a, not a toddler anymore, right? She's Do we three. Consider- so she's still, she's still a toddler, but she's kind of, I call her a three-nager because she's like, <laughs> one minute she's a toddler and the next minute I'm like, are you kidding me? You're a teenager. It's crazy. Like this morning she said to me, mommy, you just ruined my whole life because I wanted to take her, I wanted to put her in the car seat. I'm like, really? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't think I've ever uttered those words to my mom. No, no one says it in this house. I'm like, where are you hearing that? And then we realized it was from Encanto. She loves that movie. And there's a oh, yes. And I, my husband and I heard it the other day and we just looked at each other and we were like, oh, that's where she got it from. <laughs> that's right. Because my bean is obsessed with that movie and the music and the sister says that to the other sister. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So... Our bean guide, oh, I give up from somewhere. Oh, really? And yeah, and we were like, what? I know. But then, of course, on like Sesame Street, it's, oh, I give up. And then Elma's like, why, Cookie Monster? You know, it's like it, it continues, like the story continues. But like, if you just take that one little thing out of context. Yeah. I know. Mean, yeah, you hear so, it come out of a, a, a toddler's mouth because it, it's like, it's like the context is like it's there, but it's not there. It's kind of an ice in isolation almost. And yes, I know. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's so darn cute as well. It's like hard to be like, you know, I'm like what? <laughs> anyway, but um, 
back to what we were yeah. talking about. Yeah. Um, okay. So Katie's still dealing with some postpartum stuff. So I would love to start at the beginning. Yes. If you could tell me what your practice felt like to you before you had a baby, yeah. your process of being pregnant, having her, and then like, I want to hear everything. So, you know, like I said earlier, I, I, you know, I've been doing aerial for a really, really long time. And, um, you know, I was kind of put into this situation where I was training with people who were a lot better at it than me. And also it was kind of, it was their career. They, if they weren't like aerialists, they were dancers or a hybrid of aerial dancer kind of thing. So, you know, the, the, it took me a really long time to build, the muscle in the first place. And I, I think that, you know, I did kind of fall into the trap of, you know, muscling into things, you know, probably a little bit too soon, just, you know, you, you kind of ego takes over, you want to be able to do the stuff, you know, so you just kind of like force it in. And I had always had like a little niggly thing with my like left hip, but it wasn't like the back of the hip, which is where the problem is postpartum. It was, um, more in my hip flexor in the, in the front. Like it would just, after I trained, I would feel it. Do you know what I mean? But not enough to ever like slow me down. And eventually, you know, the muscle just got stronger and I got stronger. And there was a point there before I got pregnant, probably like, two years before I got pregnant where I was training five days a week. I was teaching on a Saturday, um, at my friend Kim's studio. I was doing little, you know, little performances for fun. Like there was a thing back in the day called booby trap here in LA. And I would, you know, do that periodically. And I felt really good about my practice for someone that was like, not also working a full-time job. I was, you know, I was able to like, kind of hang with the big kids if you want it, you know, for want of a better way of putting it. And it felt good. I felt strong. I felt, you know, all the things. Um, and you know, really like there wasn't anything that was thrown at me in class that, after a few kind of attempts, I could get it. Do you know what I mean? And you remember back in the day, Kerry, when we had that very special class that you were running and we were like jamming out like four minute routines. Oh yeah. You guys were doing hard stuff. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And like, you know, I felt really, I was super into it and I felt really, really great about it. Um, and then it came to, you know, wanting to have a baby and, and all of that stuff. And I had in my head this idea that, you know, I was going to train as much as possible during my pregnancy. You know, I, I wanted to, con- to to stay active. I wanted to um, be able to maintain a certain level of fitness Um, and that was always like my goal. And I didn't really think that I wouldn't be able to do that. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I ended up getting pregnant and then I had a miscarriage and that kind of shook my world a little bit because I had never experienced like emotional loss like that before like I really wanted to get pregnant I was you know I was kind of getting older I was you know 
had already turned 40 when, when I was trying. And I was surprised that it actually didn't take me that long. It took three months of trying and we got pregnant. And then nine weeks in, um, I went for a checkup. There was no heartbeat and I was, I was devastated, absolutely devastated. And, you know, of course it goes through your mind. Oh, I left it too long. I'm too old. Like this is not going to happen for me. And it was just like, it was just like an awful time. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, um, so anyway, kind of pick yourself up from that and started trying again. And three months on the dot, I get pregnant again. And I remember like being like, okay, all right, I just got to get through this first trimester. I just got to get through this first trimester. And I honestly, like, I was so scared to miscarriage that I was like, okay, I'm just going to like, I'm going to take it super chill. I need to like not push any boundaries. I just got to get through the first trimester, you know, and, um, And so that's what I did. So I kind of put, you know, any kind of fitness stuff on hold aside from like walking. My partner and I would like, you know, go on like little hikes here and there. So it was like staying active in that way. But as far as like the aerial stuff was concerned, I I didn't feel, I just didn't want to push it. So, you know, I managed to get through the first trimester um, and all the stuff that goes along with that. I you know, I didn't have horrible, um, morning sickness, but I definitely, like I wasn't throwing up, but I was definitely nauseous a lot. And I had at the time an hour commute each way to work and sitting in traffic was what made me feel the most nauseous. So I would like literally be on the 405 freeway in rush hour with a plastic bag on my lap um, in case I need, you know, cause I felt so nauseous and just like, I remember having like, um, I had to have like a, a, a little orange with me because the smell of the citrus like helped with that. So anyway, you know, got through all of that, you know, went in. So by the way, for our audience that doesn't know LA, mm. the 405 is the worst freeway that you'll ever try to get through rush hour traffic in your life oh it's the worst it's it's the it's the worst and you know it it, my my um office was right down by LAX and I lived in the valley which is like pretty I mean it's a long it's a long way and like how many um lanes is it across I think it is like four or four five maybe in places no I think it's I think it's more like six Wow. I think so. It's crazy. I think so. I just remember. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's bumper to bumper in rush hour. Like. Yeah. So just to give you, just to give you a, I mean, it can take two hours to get to work every day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 it sucks. It really sucks. And when you're pregnant and car sickness is like what's triggering your, um, your uh, morning sickness. It's yeah, (laughs) it's fun. (laughs) Not fun. No, it's terrible. Okay. I just wanted to give some context to that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, I get through the, the first trimester and I'm just like, everything is great. Do you know what I mean? Like the baby's heartbeat is strong. Like she's measuring fine. Like, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I made it. I made it to 12 weeks. Um, and we had like, I forget there's like, um, 
a couple of big tests that happen around that time as well as you come into the second trimester and everything was like, everything was looking good. Um, you know, cause of course, like when you're like older being pregnant, you know, they have that lovely term geriatric pregnancy. So you're like, Oh my gosh, what's going to be, there's going to be something wrong with my baby. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you have all that extra worry. So anyway, I was super relieved that like everything was looking good across the board. My morning sickness was, was subsiding and I was really kind of looking forward to the second trimester because I'd heard that like, it's like when you really start to flourish in your pregnancy and it's like, you have this energy and this glow and, you know, I was like, maybe I can start doing like prenatal yoga and I can just start to like really enjoy this pregnancy because I desperately wanted to enjoy the pregnancy. Do you know what I mean? I was so happy to be pregnant. And then I think like, I don't know what week it was, but I think it was like maybe I want to say like two, three weeks into my second trimester, I started to hemorrhage blood and I don't want to be too graphic because it's kind of gross. But when I say hemorrhaging blood, I was losing like fistfuls of blood clots hourly. I mean, that is so terrifying. It, it was terrifying. I remember one night it was like late and I'm like, I said to my husband, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I like, I can't move out of the bathroom without just the, these like blood coming. I was like convinced I was having a miscarriage and, um, I phoned the doctor on call and she was like, well, you know, the rule of thumb is that, you know, you have like a 10 hour, um, pad in and if you're soaking that you know more than like two hours or whatever the rule was and I'm like I am soaking it every 20 minutes she's like okay you need to go to the ER so we ended up going to Cedars to the ER and I was just you know like mentally preparing myself for the worst and it was just like such an awful experience as well because we we got there you know fortunately it was pre-covid so I didn't have to deal with any of that nonsense but um you know we we pulled up at the the ER you know my husband dropped me off he had to go park the car so I am like we already had like maybe a 30 minute drive to get to the hospital. So I'm already like soaking through the pad that I'm wearing. So I have to like maneuver myself into a packed ER and then like try and get checked in. And I can just feel, I mean, it's like, you just feel these like clots coming out of me and like trying to like get to the bathroom. Oh, it was just a horror show. I mean that the bathroom, I like, I'm not kidding you. It looked like someone had been slaughtered in there. I felt so bad. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, I, I'm trying to like change my, change myself, you know, but yeah. I'm just hemorrhaging so much blood. And I was like, like, I'm trying to clean it up. Oh, it was just like the worst. And I remember coming out of that, the, the bathroom and it kind of just like opened up into this like crazy busy waiting room and the janitor guy was there and I was just mortified I'm like I'm so sorry I'm like you know I, there's a lot of blood I just did I like didn't know what to do with myself 
Um, and unfortunately by that point, my husband had parked the car and he was like in the, in the waiting room and was able to like, just kind of get the nurses to get me somewhere a little bit more private. Um, so that was like that. And then of course, you know, we're in the waiting room, like in the, the private room, like waiting for the ultrasound woman to come and just, you know, thinking the worst of everything. Um, but everything was fine. Like the baby was still beating strong. Heartbeat was strong. Everything looked fine. I would just, I had a, gosh, what did they call it? A a hematoma. But I also had a pre, a placenta previa. So the combination of the two things, um, was what was causing these blood clots to happen. Um, so Katie, let me stop you because I had previa too. Did they, was that already established before all of this that you had a previa? It was established that I had a low lying. Okay. Um, but I hadn't heard the term placenta previa. Okay. Okay. So I hadn't really thought of anything. It was only when I started getting this like side problem, um, with the hematoma that, you know, I started to hear the two things in, in, in conjunction with one another. Okay. Sorry. Can you define hematoma for me? Because I actually don't know what that means. It's a blood clot. Oh, okay. yeah, but it's like the, these blood clots were like forming um, and then they would just fall out of me, form and then fall out of me. But the problem with them is, is they can really weaken um, like the cervix and all of that stuff that's kind of keeping baby locked in there. Yeah, so they okay. are in some ways a precursor to a potential miscarriage. I think that's how, um, uh, Chrissy Teigen recently, um, her last miscarriage that she had the same thing and, and wasn't as lucky as me. Um, okay. So, because when I had previa, of course, you know, the doctor would say, if you have any blood, that's this difference. Like she's like, if you see a drop of blood, you're coming in. Right. So the fact that you were like bleeding, bleeding. Yeah, I was bleeding, bleeding. It was terrifying. Um, so it just surprises me that some doctors and nurses have a line of like, okay, it's okay until. Right. You know? Yeah. But doctors are different. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So after that. Um, so how long did the bleeding continue? Oh, it can continued for like nine weeks. Really? Yeah, I was on. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know it lasted that long. Yeah, my second trimester was a shit show. Like I had gone into it with these like high, you know, I just was like so excited and happy. And then I felt like I just had all of my joy ripped from me because I had this bleeding. It was terrifying. I was put on like a modified bed rest. So that basically meant that I was able to like get up out of bed, go to the couch, go to the bathroom, make a cup of tea. Um, I could walk to a car, get in a car, be driven somewhere, walk to a table. But that was it. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't allowed to drive my own car. 
um, anywhere. Um, very, 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 very sedentary. So, um, pretty much couch potato at that point. Um, whilst also trying to juggle a really intense show that I was working on, um, from home when my entire team were in the office, you know, so that was a stressor and then just living in fear. I mean, like living in total fear that like any day I was going to, cause I was going to the doctors like every three days at that point, mm-hmm. um, that they were going to give me like horrific news. News. Yeah. Right. So you're just on the edge of your seat with anxiety. Yeah. And then I, I would assume it's really easy to start blaming yourself for like any movement that you do. Oh, I was so paranoid. I was just so paranoid about everything. Like, is this too much? Can I do this? What if, what is this, you know, what's going to happen if I do this, you know, and you become like, you know, your own worst enemy because you're you're constantly on Google, like looking up, like I would analyze, like, you know, I don't know how your OB worked, but like mine, I would go in, you know, she would do all the tests and then she would like kind of upload a report to the, um, to the patient portal. So I would like go in, you know, I would look at everything, especially like from, cause I had a specialist as well, like a, um, maternal fetal maternal medicine specialist, or I forget what MFM, something like that. They're for like high risk pregnancies. Yeah. Perinatal. Yeah. yeah. So she was, she was amazing. I loved my, um, my, um, my geriatric high risk pregnancy <laughs> doctor. Um, but I would like literally go and study the the breakdown that I would get after each appointment. And then I would be on like Google and I joined all these Facebook groups for women that were having like similar issues. And like, I just went down the rabbit hole. Do you know what I mean? But in some ways, like it gave me some comfort, you know, reading like other people's stories of where things have gone fine. But then, you know, every so often you read ones where it didn't and it was like a whole just spiral of like emotion. Um, so anyway, um, I, uh, you know, we, we had to cancel our baby, uh, baby moon, like the whole shebang. Anyway, um, I, remember going about kind of eight weeks into this and I'd been keeping a diary of it because I, you know, I wanted to be able to communicate at my appointments. Like today it was really bad or three days ago it was only this much, you know, and I was like trying to record like how many pads I was getting, you know, volume of blood and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, um, you know, my, doctors had been saying well you know you have like a complete previa at this point they're like but you got it you know it happened pretty early in the pregnancy so chances are as you get bigger and bigger it might move anyway I've been to like a few appointments and nothing was really moving um and then I remember going in like like the bleeding finally stopped and I was like oh my gosh this is please please let this be it um 
And I went in to see my, my specialist doctor and she was on vacation. So there was this other guy there that was doing the exams. And I, you know, I was kind of so used to going to the doctor at that point. I was like, Oh yeah. Hey, so I have this like placenta previa. I've been bleeding on and off, but actually I haven't bled for a week. So this is, you know, the step in the right direction. I've kind of felt like a new woman. So he was like, all right, well, let's take a look. And he was like, that's weird. He's like, you don't have a previa. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you have a very, very low lying placenta. He's like, but it's cleared. Like, there's no previa there anymore. And I was like, I wanted to like make out with this guy. I wanted to. <laughs> I was like, you're so no happy. Way! This is amazing. I like was so happy because I was like, finally, I had like something that made sense. The bleeding stopped a week ago. I no longer have a previa problem solved. Do you know what I mean? Like, wait, okay, go, go back because I feel like they called mine previa, but it wasn't even partially covering the cervix. So was it not, was it just a low lying placenta if it's not covering at all? Um, it depends how close it is. I think it's like, I, I don't want to misquote, but I think it's like within a inch of the opening. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I did have a previa. It was like, whenever they measure me, they're like, it moved a millimeter. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's not anything. Yeah. Mine, okay. mine had moved. It was, it was amazing. And I think probably what had happened is it had been slowly moving. So it had gone from like a full to a partial and then had just been gradually, gradually moving. And then when I went to see this doctor, it had passed the threshold for no longer being a, a C-section type situation previa. You know? Right. Right. Okay. Um, but I, I, I didn't care. All I cared was that finally there was something going in the right direction with this pregnancy I was like it was truly a magical um a magical moment I love it Katie when you were bleeding for those nine months besides nine the weeks, anxiety not my sorry 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 that would be way yeah. worse nine weeks what did you feel like did you feel really weak um well they had me on iron supplements um which actually were awful they made me want to vomit um yeah I you know did I feel weak I don't know I think I was just I felt numb that's what I felt because I was so I feel like I was so burnt out emotionally from the worry that I couldn't really like focus on how my body felt does that make sense okay. it does it does mental and emotional pain and stress to me always overrides physical yeah I just so I understand that yeah it was um it, yeah it was it, it was not it was a pretty bleak time I felt you know, I was dep I felt depressed and sad and anxious. I'm sure my cortisol was through the roof. You know, I and you're stuck in bed I'm, all day. I'm I mean, stuck in, I'm stuck on the sofa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I think even for a person who doesn't have all that stuff going on, it's like you don't get the sunshine, you don't get the exercise. Yeah, and I'm a person. So difficult. I'm a, you know, I had come from this like incredibly active lifestyle and, and uh, you know, movement is everything to me. You know, it's like it regulates my mood. It regulates my emotions. It, you know, and I, it just, it just, all, all of that went, went away. Um, I, um, I was able, like once the bleeding had like stopped consistently for a few weeks, um, I was able to start taking some prenatal yoga, which was really nice. Um, just to, I, I, and that was like, I would say like the third trimester was my best trimester for sure, because. Yeah. You were even taking Pilates from me at the time. Yeah. I was able to like. I was actually able to start like enjoying my pregnancy. You know, I remember like counting down the weeks. I was like, if I can just get to like, what is it? Like 27 weeks. There's some, there's some number where it's like, if the baby's born, there's a chance it would survive. Right. Right. Outside of your outside body. Outside of yeah. your body. And I just, I remember getting to that point and it was like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders I was like okay I think we've got this um but then having said that in my third trimester I had a whole other slew slew of issues come up I had um low amniotic fluid so I was going in every other day Mm. for them to monitor that um and I think there was like something else going on. Um, I can't remember. Oh, oh my so goodness, things, so much! So many it's already so much. Even with another, without something else, <laughs> it's yeah. So much, and dude. also, the thing that freaked me out a lot was that my placenta was um, in the front, so I could barely feel my baby kicking. Oh my God. So I would, I ended up buying myself one of those like Doppler machines so that I could like try and check the heartbeat all the time. So I could check the heartbeat all the time. And I like, you're not supposed to do that because it's hard to like know what you're finding, you know, the amniotic fluid creates like a whoosh, whoosh, like a similar sound. Do you know what I mean? But it gave me some comfort and I would eat um, my baby um, in, in utero, Elle loved, um, like cold green grapes. So anytime I was like, oh, I haven't felt her kick, I would just house a bunch of like really cold green grapes and she would start to kick. Oh my God. So you actually probably didn't mind going in so often because then at least you would get, I get to see her. confirmation that, y- yeah. you know, you get to see, I yeah. get, I got mm-hmm. to see her. So I, you know, I was, I felt very, very looked after by my team, my OB team. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like kind of a pain in the butt going to, you know, the office wasn't super close to where I lived. So, you know, there was that, but I did kind of, yeah, I remember like at one point they were like, oh, yeah, you don't need to come in so often. And I was like, what? What do you mean? I want to come in every other day. 
it was like I like you know I I felt like lost kind of without without that security blanket um yeah and for those who don't know LA so Cedar sinai is one of the best hospitals in the world actually I mean it's just very well known very I've been treated there many times I had all my PT for my ankle and my leg there but going from the valley where we live to there it's it'll take you four hours oh to get there and back even if the appointment's 15 minutes yeah yeah it was um it's it's a lot it's a, you know this city is we love the city but man does it have its things yeah i would try and schedule appointments um in the middle of the day because i could do it in like 40 minutes there 40 minutes back but if i tried to yeah. do it in rush hour it, yeah forget about it <laughs> this is a great ad for us i know <laughs> so okay so tell us about tell us about um the birth process and then yeah continue please so um you know so I'm kind of like chugging through my third trimester and you know compared to what I had been through everything was you know great um finally finished my job which I was super happy about and you know was just able to kind of just relax and like get my head around the fact that we were having this baby finally. Um, but I did have the issue with the, with the low amniotic fluid. So I was being checked for that, um, regularly. Anyway, you know, I've been drinking. I remember I used to walk around with this like huge, like bottle of water, like huge, 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 huge jug of water. And I would drink like four of them a day, a day. Cause I was like, just trying to replenish my body and, you know, keep my water up. Um, and it had been working like the, the fluid was kind of, it wasn't great, but it was okay. Um, so at around 38 weeks, um, I go for an appointment, everything looks fine. She's like, all right, come back. Um, come back in three days and we'll, you know, we'll kind of see where where you're at. And I was like, okay, cool. And my mom was due, my mom doesn't live in this country. Um, she was due to be flying in the day of my appointment. Um, and I was going to go from Beverly Hills, which is where my OB is down to, um, the airport to pick her up. So anyway, we go to the appointment, um, didn't think anything of it. I felt fine. Everything was good. They hooked me up to the machine, did my, um, ultrasound and my OB is like, um, you need to go straight to Cedars. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, your fluid, it's dipped below the threshold. I don't want it to be at. She's like, so you need to go you know, you need to go to, to Cedars and we're going to induce you. And I was like, hold on a second. We can't do that. My mom's flying in from a foreign country. Her phone doesn't work in this country. She doesn't know how anything, how to get from anywhere to anywhere. I'm like, this is like really bad. Can we just, can we do it tomorrow? And my doctor's like, no, we can't do it tomorrow. You have to do it. Like I'm telling you, she's like, you can go home and get your, um, your hospital bag but that's it. So I was like, fuck. Why? <laughs> it's like the worst. And where, uh, how many weeks were you? I was th- just 
39. Like, okay. just hit the 39 mark. Um, so, anyway, I was like, um, oh, okay. So, I called my, my best friend, Kim, who was also, like, heavily pregnant at the time <laughs> you're talking about you're talking about kim who owns upline yoga in LA. yeah she's been on before too she was like one of my first yeah guests. yeah so yeah. she was pregnant and was actually doing like this doula um certification as well at the time so anyway i was like what are you doing i need you to come to the hospital with me um and basically kim came to Cedars and my husband went to LAX to pick my mom up. Um, and, you know, we have three dogs that we were trying to like figure out what to do with. So basically my husband went to LAX, picked my mom up, took her back to our house. She stayed at my house to kind of deal with the dogs. He came back to Cedars and barely got there in time for the birth. Um, Wow. So wait. Okay. I know traffic takes a long time. So you could be talking about an eight hour trip for your husband, but like, no, my prank, my, my, for, for the, the hit, the, the hardship of the pregnancy, my birth was pretty quick. It wasn't painless because they induced me and it was like weird. They gave me this like Foley balloon first And then they also did the Pitocin as well. Um, So they were like double serious about this. They doubled doubled down (laughs) on the induction. Um, But um, it was, um, it was kind of crazy because for me anyway, like I had not experienced a contraction. I had no Braxton Hicks. I had like nothing. So, you know, I went from like not knowing what any of that felt like to Pitocin contractions, which I mean, I have nothing to compare it to because I haven't been pregnant before. You know, this was my first pregnancy birth, but um, it is like naught to a hundred. Like, okay, question mark. Yeah. Question, because I had Pitocin and my my epidural was really uneven. Mm. So did it feel to you like you're, butthole was going to explode I don't know if it felt, or was that just me I don't know if it felt like my butthole was n- no it was like more in my like lower abdomen just okay okay I just wanted to check because <laughs> that's what I felt <laughs> Kizzy Kizzy agrees it's my dog <laughs> um I don't recall that I do recall like like you know during like the birthing process like you just feel like you need to take a dump constantly and and that's totally normal I guess um but no they were like giving me this pitocin and it was like there was just no rest like you would one contract the, con- the contractions instead of like you having a contraction riding that wave and then having a period of like no contraction and then gradually yeah. the next one comes I don't know what your experience with the Pitocin was but mine was contraction contraction and I was starting the next contraction before the the one before it was finished. Yeah, that sounds like Rachel. Rachel had him every one minute. Um, yeah, so wait. 
did did you have an epidural? I did eventually. So I told them, okay, yeah. So when it got like I couldn't handle it anymore, I said that I wanted to get the epidural, but it took a while for them to come. Fortunately, that's when my husband turned up. Like as I was waiting for the epidural. Um, but Cedars is also a teaching hospital. So I'm like there. Oh my God. So you have like students. Yes. And they're sort of conducting this whole like lecture on the epidural. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And then, you know, when they say to you, okay, so like, you know, we're going to try and do it in between, in between contractions. Don't, you can't move. And I'm like, there is no in between. Just fucking do it please like and then they're like well we just got to show like da 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 and this and that oh my god that's right I did not sign up for this just give me the injection now um because I can't guarantee that I'm not going to be like bucking like a mule do you know what I mean yeah yeah so anyway eventually it they did it and it was like instant really you know relief um so that was fine. And then my OB turned up. Um, and I think, you know, I think we did like three or four cycles of the pushing thing. Okay. And, then she was, okay. and then she was out. Um, which So you dilated to 10 and everything. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it was... Um, yeah, so that that part was, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's such a surreal experience. I mean, I feel like if you would have had a really, really tough time giving birth, that would have been like, are you kidding me? Like, can't something I be know. I know, right? <laughs> a little bit easier? I mean, not that birth is easy no matter what, but yeah. wow. I have, like, a okay. lot of fr- you know, a lot of my friends, like, had super easy pregnancies, like vanilla, do you know what I mean? And then the most awful um birthing stories yeah yeah no I've 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 heard um I've heard it all seems like yeah. you know being this podcaster yeah but okay so your your issues kind of don't end though no. so L is a beautiful little girl yeah and things are well but yes. um so when after when postpartum did you start to have your sick SI joint problems? Um, so everything was fine. I mean, I was fortunate. She was a tiny little thing. She was barely six pounds when she was born. So I had minimal like tearing or, um, anything like that. And I was body aware enough to get myself a, um, a pelvic floor PT to, just check me out for any diastasis or anything like, um, you know, internal. Uh, After. Afterwards. You're talking about after. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I worked with, um, this is the infuriating thing about it. I feel like I did everything right postpartum except for one thing, (laughs) which was my downfall. Um, And that was um, thinking that I could go back to training sooner than I shit off and so when was that though was it, it wasn't even you know I got the all clear from my doctor to do um to go back to you know 
exercising. The mandate was I wouldn't do anything that you weren't doing. I wouldn't start a new sport. Do you know what I mean? And of course, like in my mind, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll go. I'll take like a low hammock, like super easy, like chill kind of class. And I, I remember like I had a little spin on this low hammock and then I went to invert and I just felt some, felt something in my, in like my, the back of my, like just to the left of my sacrum kind of pop. Um, and I was like, oh, that was not good. But it wasn't like, um, you know, I got off, it wasn't like I got down and then was hobbling out of the place. It was just like, instantly that kind of like angry tightening Hmm. so and so so in the aftermath now that it's been a while do you know what happened like is yeah, there a diagnosis no, to what happened no I've had an MRI um and it just kind of says that like I have um you know I have some stuff with the SI uh, what is it L5 SI Okay. I wish I should have brought Uh, the papers in here with me um, (laughs) to look at. Um, But um, very common, like, lower back, um, like, kind of um, some bulging there and some some, um, desiccation to the disc. So it's like – but it's that that's, like, fairly normal in someone – who is in their forties, who's been very active. Do you know what I mean? Like, so they couldn't really like put it down to like, oh yeah, you've like totally torn this or this is, you know, this is the, the issue. It just, but now I just have this chronic like inflammation in that area. Um, and I've tried so many things, you know, I've tried, um, obviously, like strengthening my glutes and my lower abs um, to try and like, because I think that was the problem in the first place is my pelvic area and the surrounding muscles were still so loosey goosey from pregnancy. I was also breastfeeding at the time. So everything was just relaxed. And so I had to kind of first of all, work really hard on trying to just get everything to support the area. Um, Katie, you wouldn't say you're hypermobile, would you? No, I don't think so. But maybe weirdly, I don't, I don't know. No, I mean, the only place I'm hypermobile is in my like thumbs and my wrists that I know of. Um, but, um, but yeah, I had like body work done. I went to see chiropractors. I had the MRI, you know, and it's like the results come back from the MRI and they were like, well, you can get these like injections and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I don't want to do that. You know, like I want to be able to like manage this in a different way. And, you know, that's kind of been like my life my my life's work now is like trying to manage this this injury um through movement and you know just you know I, I definitely notice 
it it's so much better than it was um but I definitely notice a correlation between like um you know m- moving it movement um eating right you know trying to stay away from anything that's too inflammatory um and then also like time of the month, like the, the week before my period without fail, it flares up and I'm in pain for like three days and have to take Advil. But the rest of the time I can kind of manage it. So I don't have to take any, you know, over the counter pain meds or anything. Okay. Um, so, so do you basically have a bulging disc at the base of your sacrum or at the, at the very base of your lumbar spine connecting to the sacrum? Yeah. It's like S. SI joint, SI, and then that, that first like lower back vertebrae. It's like, it, it's those two discs. Um, but it's interesting because like, whenever I tell anyone that I have that, they're like, oh, you must have like sciatica, but I don't, I don't have any, like any of that, like any pain, you know, of the like really debilitating pain that runs down your, your leg. Um, it's just, it just feels like there was a time where it's like I could barely get out of bed. Like it was so tight and stiff in the morning. I would have to like roll, like roll myself and like get my husband to kind of help me. And then as I started to move, it would like things would loosen up. Fortunately, I'm not in that place anymore. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's a mystery and I'm still like trying to, you know, I'm still trying to find, I'm sure at some point I'll find a doctor who will be able to give me like some better answers, but I just haven't found that person yeah. yet. So Okay. Oh my goodness. It's just such a mystery. Yeah, it's, That's such, problem. it's such a mystery problem. And it's like, you know, I'm yeah. at the point now where it's not really like stopping me from doing anything. I just have to be really careful. You know, it's like, obviously then you kind of like, as far as my aerial practice, you know, it's a shame because I feel like I was just starting to get back into a regular practice and learning how to manage it with my injury and then COVID hit. Right. So then it's like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, you gain a little bit of momentum and you start to kind of feel like a little bit like your old self. And then, you know, this like this thing happens that's like out of everybody's control. And again, like, you know, it's kind of everything is at a standstill. And I do have a rig at home, but honestly, like it's limited with what I can do with a baby at home. And also like, training injured I'm not gonna push it push it do you know what I mean like so mm-hmm. right. so anyway um long story short I ended up getting like a we ended up getting a peloton over the pandemic and that's actually been a, a little bit of a lifeline because just getting on a bike every morning for like 20 minutes and getting blood flow into that area from the repetitive mm. movement of cycling is it's night and day do you know what I mean like it really is if the the days I don't I don't warm my hip up are the days that I'm going to be in pain in the evening by the evening oh okay and Katie's back in class um on Monday nights with me so I get to see yeah which is great and you know I mean again I feel like I'm starting at the beginning you know it's such an ego you have to just drop all ego 
No, it's really hard. Situations. That part is really hard. Yeah, because it's mm-hmm. like you know, you know, you your mind knows what you sh- could do. It's just your body won't do what your mind is telling it to do. It's like the weirdest, the weirdest thing, you know. Um, well, you know, luckily, not luckily, um, the two other women that she has always taken class with, who are are also coming back to the practice. So I feel like the three of you guys can kind of just be there for each other. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, there's no judgment. And I also don't feel the the same, you know, like before when I was training, before I had L, there was always like something on the horizon. Do you know what I mean? It was like, I was always like looking to maybe book something or even if it was like we were working towards like a a little presentation for class or whatever it was do you know what I mean there was always like this like drive to like choreograph something or do something or la 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 you know and I just I don't I've had to take a step back from that and now the focus is like how can I train in a way that's smart for my body um and there's things that I probably will never do again do you know what I mean and I'm okay with that like I just can't you know I think you get to a point where you're just like I can't risk it I can't risk the big drops you know yeah okay so this little bean she's so on time like she never lets me get more than 56 57 oh, she's been amazing i'm surprised she's been so no, quiet for she's so been long. Re- i mean she's had my phone watching her pbs kids but yeah do you want to say hi to katie hi hi willa <laughs> say hi say hi to katie i want to go um, outside you want to go outside you don't want to be on the podcast anymore hi no are you tired of this uh-oh. She's like, mommy, mommy. Mommy, what are you doing? Pay attention Ma. to me. Yes, I'm sorry, my love. How old is she, she now, Carrie? Like, she looks like I'm torturing her. Um, Hi. Oh, two years and four months. Aww. Yeah, and you get to see her on Monday. I do get to I'm see so her on Monday. I'm so glad you guys Monday, get to see her. Yeah. This little bean is the best. Um, all right, Katie, um, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you for I, having me. And you reminded me of it. Yeah. I was like... I was like, I got to get Katie on here. She's got an incredible story. And then I forgot half of it. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't ramble too much. No, it was great. Um, Okay. So I'll see you uh, in class. And and yeah. Yeah. Can you say thank you, Katie? Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Katie, for being here. If you guys go to the show notes, check out the, hey, hey, don't bang on the microphone, please. The free mini course by Wrap Your Head Around Silk. Super easy to register to the online portal. Oh, no. We're getting to the end of our rope here. And you can always find me at Carrie one on Instagram and at Carrie underscore we on Twitter. Please honor me with a five-star rating and review anywhere you got your podcasts. And uh, thanks for... Thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. Appreciate you. And I'll see you next time. This is the Expecting Airless Podcast. Are you